Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dallas Death Discussion for another Monday night. Had to get a cough out of the way there. Uh, it is May 7th already. A whole week into May 2018. It's really hard to believe that time is moving that fast, but uh, it does. And we go on. But I'll go ahead and do our disclaimer and be sure and let everybody know that listens to this that what you are going to hear is discussion. That's why this is called Dallas Step Discussion. It's discussion of legal issues, uh, usually uh, dealing with uh, debt collection. It is not something that uh, uh, is legal advice line. If you are thinking anything that you hear on this call, is legal advice, you're making a huge error. We do not give legal advice. We don't know what it is. You get that from attorneys. If you want legal advice, go talk to an attorney. What we do here is discuss legal issues, the proper use of the courts, the uh, consumer protection statutes, so that we can help people understand them. It's all about education, and that's the bottom line. It's people helping people. And uh, we're just a group of people that is uh, willing to share the uh, experience that we've had and the knowledge that we've gained through study and our experience. And when I say uh, we, I'm speaking really of all people that uh, attend, uh, all members of the group, but uh, all the people that attend, but uh, more specifically, Terry and John and myself, because we're all litigators in federal court. We actually do litigate, so we speak from a fairly substantial amount of experience. But uh, please understand that doesn't mean we are experts. But the bottom line is we don't give legal advice. We couldn't if our life depended on it. If if mine depended on it, I'd be a dead man. So uh, please don't take anything we say is that uh, please understand the context that when we speak if we say well you want to do this or you want to do that we're just speaking in terms of what we would do if we were in a similar situation to yours it was something that you have described if similar circumstances something like that uh, we give suggestions on what people should do we never give advice so uh, please understand the context we got to make sure we tell people that so there's no misunderstandings. <clears throat> and with that said, uh, when you come on this call, you are unmuted. And that's by design. I can have everybody muted, but uh, I prefer to do it the other way unless there's something that causes me to change my mind. Uh, but you are unmuted. I ask you to mute yourself either using star six, which is the toggling feature in TalkShoe. You hit star six. And if you listen to your phone, it'll say, you are muted. If you hit star six again, it'll say, you are unmuted. So it's a very simple procedure. And when we get to question and answer time, all you have to do to put your hand up, to raise your hand, to get in the queue to ask a question is hit star eight. It's very simple. Please have yourself muted using the star six first before you do that because it saves me a step. Otherwise, I've got to mute you and unmute you, and sometimes it gets a little sticky. Uh, Once in a while, talk to you gets a little gummed up, and it's much better now than it was for uh, 
a period of time uh, a couple of years ago they had some really massive problems and actually TalkShoe was sold to the same company that uh, owns free conferencing so things have improved since then which is great so bottom line is no legal advice here we're here to help people we're, we stay on this call as long as we have people that uh, have questions up to about the two-hour mark. Sometimes we go a little longer if we if we have an active night and we have a number of people that are asking questions. <clears throat> However, this time of the year, we do know it's spring. People have a lot of activities they're starting to get into, so uh, sometimes the attendance on the calls uh, diminishes some which that's fine. Nobody's required to be here. We do this out of our, uh, the goodness of our hearts uh, because we don't get paid. You know, We don't make a nickel on this, and I've been doing this for, well, <clears throat> in June it'll be nine years. I've never missed a Monday. So uh, we're here to help you as much as we can. If we don't know the answer to a question, we will tell you. Well, don't know, uh, but you might go here or there to find the information that you're looking for to get uh, what you need to help with your situation. So that's the way things work here. We always start with good news. And if anybody has any good news, all I have to do is speak up. You don't have to hit star eight to bring us good news at all. Uh, that's something we always like to hear. You know, there's plenty of trash floating around out here in the world uh, right now. Uh, in fact, you don't have to look very far to find it out. Really, all you got to do is turn on your computer or turn on the TV. <clears throat> and in some cases, if you're listening uh, to something other than a music radio station, you'll hear the trash there and even hear some of the trash even on the music stations between the music. So I'm pretty selective what I listen to. Uh, I don't personally watch TV. Uh, once in a while, I tune into the local news uh, to just to see what's going on around Dallas. But uh, other than that, I don't watch national news because it's all fake news. It's all There's all kinds of agendas behind it. That I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to be programmed. After all, it is TV programming. So, With that said, if anybody has any good news, go ahead and speak up now so we can hear it. I have some good news. Oh, we'll take it. Hi. Good news for change from me. Um, uh, you know how I've been having issues with the state court about motions, you know, for extensions of time. Mm -hmm. Well, I did put in an extension of time, and nobody gave me any grief. You know, the clerk looked at it, and she didn't say anything. And, I, and this time, I remember now, I, I paid for it. The last time, I don't remember paying for it. But, uh, in fact, I had to remind them, uh, don't, don't I need to pay you $20? And, oh, you yeah, have to pay twenty dollars to file. Yes, a motion? to put a motion in. Yes, yes. For every motion. Uh, yes. In yes. state court, right? Oh my yes, God, that's state as bad as court. California. Only out there, it's a lot more. Well, they, they didn't always tell me when I needed to um, uh, pay for it. I, I just found out. I don't remember paying for it for the first time, but I remember as I filed other motions, they said it's twenty dollars, and I had to remind them. And I'm just wondering if I had not paid them, what would have happened? But anyways, I, I huh. was friendly, nice, paid them, reminded them, and everything. Yeah. And I, I did get a hearing for motion for extension of time on May 31st, 
which I'm sure I'll be denied. <laughs> but by that, well, time, but you already got it almost a month. <laughs> right. right. You got, you got so, three weeks anyway. Right. So that was the good news. Good. And, oh yeah. 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 And, and I have real silly news from um, from um, TransUnion and in, in their request for. Uh, production of documents uh they want all my financial statements and w2 forms and and uh for the last 10 years yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah production of documents yeah. uh yeah for the last 10 years which is really ridiculous what well, that's, it's, it's, it's that's that's outside of you know that's what you have way to outside this the their parameter for well they yeah. they Experian just asked me for all sorts of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, history. I've been listening to the discovery webinars, and and uh, John mm-hmm. did go over overreaching yeah. and harass, and and also for admissions, <laughs> that's even funnier. They want me to admit that I have never sought, uh, sought psychiatric treatment for my issues here with, <laughs> with this case, and uh, they want to. <laughs> It gets even better. They want me to admit that I never sought spiritual advice, uh, an advisor for this whole thing, too. Admit that you never sought a, a spiritual advice advisor. Yeah. Oh, I'll well, give that's, you, I'll that's give, not I'll hard. You. That's not hard to answer, is it? I'll give you. I'll give no, you I'm not a nutcase. I'll give you some though, right now. Okay, you can consider this spiritual advice. Right. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, Terry. She isn't seeking it. You're just volunteering it. <laughs> right. But, you know, she mentioned it, so she invited it. Um, my spiritual advice to you is pray that they'll just drop that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes to the, to the last 10 years of my um, financial statements, these are the Shucket guys, and their name is so funny. <laughs> And then the answer to their, you know, production of documents would really be funny if you were to use their name, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyways, that's the silly news. Um, but then I've got other stuff, but I've got enough to deal with right now. We'll talk about it some other day. But that, I just wanted to tell you the good news about my um, Was that? Oh, man, what's all that noise? I don't know. Was, uh, was that that was John. Oh. Um was was that request for ten years of financial statements was was that in production and what kind of financial statements? Yeah. Oh, let's go back here. Uh federal and state tax returns for the last ten years. <laughs> and and we're, what's the relevance of that to the uh, claims made, uh, claims or defenses made, with a credit reporting agency that has. Well, there, there it is. See, that's there. insane. Well, but that's the kind of idiotic stuff that they ask for. Yeah, yeah. and you can't blame them for trying, you know. Uh, well, but they're they're being ridiculous, and they they probably dumped on you uh, a whole bunch yeah. of them, right? Oh yeah, I got all my all my discovery, you know, documents that they want from me. So, but I thought I'd throw that in, and uh, and then, yeah. so right now I'm working on my response to uh, Equifax's motion to dismiss. But anyways, that's enough for now. Okay. Well, I uh, I got discovery uh, from 
experience the end of last week myself, and they sent me 17 admissions, 17 interrogatories, and 29 requests for production. So uh, I've already got uh, I've got all of the questions all typed and all that stuff, and all I got to do is start you know doing the uh, answers to them. I've got the admissions almost done already. Well, since and, you brought uh, that up, do you do you how do you type it in? Do you type it in? Do you scan the document and then type it in? I hand typed all mine. I'm, I'm I'm I can still type halfway decent. You know, I used to type well over a hundred words a minute. I can't do it anywhere near that today. Wow. I can do it. Yeah, but if you've got uh, uh, OCR uh, optical character recognition on your uh, <clears throat> scanner on your printer, uh, which a lot of them do. You can do that, and then uh, that'll save you a lot of typing. Okay. But I just chose to go ahead and type mine. <clears throat> I worked on that this weekend and got stuff done. So, yeah, don't, uh, you know, you want to start working on it, getting that, you know, getting part of that done, get, you know, all that stuff fixed and formatted and all that so that you can start getting your answers in and and not running your, yourself up against the wall. I mean, you know, if you've got something else you've got to do first, great, but, you know, don't wait and think, oh, well, I've, you know, I've still got two weeks. Well, I've still got 10 days. Well, I've still got almost a week. Don't do that. You know, work on that stuff because some of that stuff takes time and thought on how to properly answer and, you know, we can even have some discussions on some of that kind of stuff. Right. And and I'm finishing up that motion, you know, uh, in opposition. I mean, the opposition to the, the motion. The opposition to their motion to dismiss. Yeah, that's taking everything. So, um, it was Experian's motion to dismiss? No, it's Equifax. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Equifax. Okay. No, interestingly enough, Equifax um, uh, information service answered, but um, Equifax Inc. did not. They just went straight for 12b6. Well, yeah, they, we're not a we're not a CRA. They're, they just want out of it real quick like that. Right. Yep. Yep. That's understandable what they're doing. So, yeah, just deal with it. Make your arguments. Well. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. All right. Who else has got any good news for us? Okay, I don't hear anybody else talking about any good news. The uh, the only thing I have is um, not necessarily good news, just a kind of a stupid lawyer moment. I uh, I got a email from the attorneys uh, in the portfolio case last week, and uh, emailed me and asked me if they could have an extra week to answer the subpoena I sent to. Uh, portfolio and I was like well I really don't understand what you might be talking about because the only people I sent subpoenas out to were in the Experian Equifax case and they were people that got my credit reports but he said the one that I sent to portfolio for the Experian case <laughs> I'm I was just shaking my head, so I emailed him back, and I said, I'm a bit confused. Uh, are you referring to uh, somebody else rather than PRA? Because I didn't send them a 
subpoena. I couldn't because they're a party to a lawsuit. They would get discovery. They wouldn't get a subpoena. Subpoenas only go to non-parties to a lawsuit. He emailed me back, say, oh, sorry, miscommunication on our end. Uh, disregard. Uh, we'll, uh, we just have uh, a company here, Southwest Credit Systems, wants another week. So it's it's another company that I sent a subpoena to that didn't answer me that uh, evidently contacted them to have them contact me. And I'm sure it's a collection company. <clears throat> so they uh, evidently pulled my credit and uh, they didn't want to contact me directly. So they went through the lawyers and they, they paid the lawyers to do that. How dumb. But anyway, uh, you just never know what's going to happen on that. I'm still waiting for a counter offer from Portfolio my demand for settlement and uh, <clears throat> hopefully we can get something done with that here in, a, in the next couple days if we don't then uh, I have my discovery all completed all I got to do is change the date print it sign it <clears throat> and mail it the envelope and certified mail tags and everything are all done and ready to roll so we'll just wait and see what happens with that <clears throat> excuse me all right well I guess we don't have any other good news. I didn't hear anybody. So let's go to Q&A and see what we've got for questions. We're going to go to Who Knows Truth. And you are back up to bat. Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't expect to be back up to bat. Um, I'm working on my uh, opposition to the motion to dismiss, and I noticed that in the paperwork sent to me from um, Equifax, uh, the motion itself, which is a separate filing, has, um, oh, I don't have it nearby, but it basically, it refers to the, it just says, um, oh, here it is, defendant, okay, it says, defendant Equifax, Inc.'s motion to dismiss, motion to dismiss plaintiff's complaint. Now, the complaint was the first one, you know, the, the original complaint. And in the body of that motion, it doesn't even mention, again, by name, the plaintiff's motion to dismiss plaintiff's first amended complaint. So that refers to the plaintiff's complaint. And then the, um, and then the brief in support of it does mention first amended complaint. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of throwing me off a little bit. Um, it's a stupid lawyer moment. Okay. When they, were, when they were drafting the motion, <clears throat> they had their head up their butt and they didn't put first amended. Okay. Should I should I make a notation of that in my? Uh, what? Yeah, I think I would. I think okay. I I would. Uh, when I write it, I would uh, state that uh, the the motion states uh, to dismiss a first amended complaint. Uh, uh, Plaintiff uh, believes that the actual wording should have been first amended complaint because the uh, uh, brief addresses that. So you know you're not going to make you're not going to make a big deal out of that. You know that'd make you look petty before the court. Okay. But yeah, I, uh, I would just mention it and just say that you know you are you are responding to their motion to dismiss your. Uh, uh, complaint, but you are assuming there was a 
a, a you know, I don't know the word you want to use, uh, 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 mistake in that they stated complaint as opposed as opposed to first amended complaint, which was properly noted in the brief. Just you know, just just letting the court know that you understand which one it is they're talking about. Okay. Well, that that's it for now. Okay. okay. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes it's good to just throw that stuff in there. It makes you look like the the good guy because, you know, if if you go in and you try and answer some little thing like that, and, and you know, the court's going to look at it like, oh, jeez, okay, you know, that they should know what they they meant. It was just a typo, you know. They just forgot to put first amended in in the motion, but they got it in the other one. Now we got them screaming about this, and they want to make a big deal out of it. Whereas if you come in and say, yeah, hey, I understand what they were talking about, so here's my arguments. That that makes you look better. And, of course, you know, you want to do everything you can to show the court that you're being, uh, you know, you're a, you're a pro se, but you're not being unreasonable. You're You're not, you know, trying to pick a fight over every little nitpicky, stinking detail on everything. That, you know, you're more interested in the substance of matters than uh, a little procedural snafu like that just and and there, i'm saying this you know it pointed at everybody you know it's it's uh just something that you want to think about think about the impression you are making with the court with what you do you know are you making a good impression are you making a bad impression are you making Basically, no impression. You're just a, a litigant before the court. I mean, you you definitely don't want to make a bad impression. If you can make a good impression by uh, doing certain things, make yourself stand out a little bit, well, that's wonderful. Take every chance you can to do that. But if nothing else, just look like, hey, I'm just here fighting my battle. You know, I made my claim, and I'm defending my claim, and uh, to the best of my ability, and uh, the court can't fault you for that. Okay. Let's go to guest seven. You are unmuted for your question. Go ahead. Hi, Dave. Hi, Terry. Good evening. Hi, John. Hi, everybody out there. This is Joe uh, up here, in, way up here in sunny South Dakota. Um, I just uh, have a quick uh couple of questions for uh, John. <clears throat> I think, uh, John, that um, my calcified brain has finally been able to absorb uh, this information that you've been trying to uh, push into it. Um, <laughs> so I just want to make sure I'm on the same page with you and then okay. ask you a couple of questions, okay? All right. Based on the uh, uh, the conversation we had at your uh, webinar, uh, your protecting your money webinar. This is how I understand it, in <clears throat> uh, the timeline involved. Um, there's a creditor and there's a debtor, uh, and uh, they they uh, have a promissory note uh, for a certain amount of money that the debtor promises to pay. So there's a contract. Uh, 
they go ahead and uh, better pays for a while. He uh, defaults on the contract, constituting a breach of contract. So the uh, con the creditor uh, now files um, a lawsuit as a plaintiff against the uh, the debtor. So um, after that's filed, the uh, the the defendant, of course, gets uh, uh, a notice of complaint. Um, he gets a summons, um, and then there's a certificate of service. Um, so then um, the attorney for the plaintiff decides to go ahead and shoot the defendant a letter saying, uh, why don't we maybe get together here and see if we can't figure this out uh, and to avoid any more uh, unnecessary uh, legislation and time. Why don't we sit down and see if we can come up with some other kind of a stipulated agreement that uh, uh, will work for both of us. <clears throat> So the defendant decides after a little while that he's going to go ahead and do that. So they sit down and they have a meeting. The plaintiff, the plaintiff's attorney, uh, is telling the defendant that he owes such a such amount of money. He owes fees. He owes other costs. He wants to know what you can pay and when you can pay it. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. That was just somebody coming on the call. So and so he's putting a little pressure on the defendant. You know, you want to do this. You want to file judgment right now so that you can avoid. You want to file uh, this agreement right now so that you can avoid a, a judgment and additional court costs, attorney fees, et cetera, the whole nine yards. It's better to off if you do this. So the defendant decides, yes, I'm going to do this, and he uh, signs a stipulated settlement agreement. Uh, the lawsuit is dismissed without prejudice. The court retains jurisdiction, so the case can be reopened if there is an additional default. In the uh, stipulated agreement, the debtor uh, declares that he is the debtor, that he has defaulted on a promissory note. He uh, admits uh, specifically how much he did, he defaulted on the, on the note, and this basically uh, constitutes a confession of judgment. So in return for uh, not continuing the lawsuit, a structured payment is set up between the debtor and the creditor, and that becomes a new uh, note. And the uh, defendant realizes that if he, uh, and this is in the contract, if he fails to make payments in the plaintiff, it's going to file a copy of the settlement agreement, of the stipulated settlement agreement, along with an affidavit to make a, uh, that he has failed to make uh, at least two consecutive payments. And then after a little while, the court is going to issue a, a default judgment. Um, both parties, uh, in the stipulated agreement, it says both parties are aware of this new agreement. No one's being forced to record into signing it. So the defendant signs off, um, and then a little while goes by, uh, and again, he does. He fails to make the payments. Um, the plaintiff goes ahead and enters uh, the uh, the new stipulated settlement agreement in an affidavit, affidavit saying that he has failed to make at least two payments. The court then enters a default judgment, and about a month or so later, then the court will enter a final judgment. 
the final judgment is entered and then the plaintiff is able to go ahead and file a writ of execution or, or garnishment, whatever it is you want in order to collect a, the loan. Is that about right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's about right. That's right on. That was a good thorough explanation. Well, um, like I said, it takes a while for it to sink in, but John's a pretty good teacher and he's extremely patient too. And I really appreciate that. <clears throat> so the questions I have now, John, are procedural. Um the uh I've 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 got the uh the the complaint just about ready. Um I'm gonna uh, nip and tuck it a little bit, um, and I know that uh, I have to, you know, have a summons. Um, I don't see a problem with that. Um, and I go ahead and, and, and we'll file the original uh, promissory note also. Um, but this is the problem that I can't seem to get around. I've been working on this all day long. Uh, here in the state of South Dakota, we have to, uh, in addition to uh, a complaint and, you know, the summons, um, certificate of service, all of that, they, uh, we have to uh, file something called a case filing statement. I suppose that's probably uh, uniform throughout the state. But I'm looking at this uh, uh, case filing statement right now, and they want information about the plaintiff, um, and they want information about the defendant. So um, they they want to know, like, for example, the plaintiff's address. Uh, they want to know the plaintiff's name. They want to know the plaintiff's phone numbers, social security numbers, driver's license numbers. And then um, for... Uh, the defendant, they want the same information. So I'm thinking that for this particular form, um, for the LLC, I, I can use a straw man. Um, and then, of course, since I'm the defendant, I go, I go ahead and fill out that form. Um, and then <clears throat> later on, after the uh, defendant defaults on the stipulated agreement, then uh, that's when an affidavit of uh, default has to be made uh, because he failed to make two consecutive payments, which requires a notary. So I see uh, procedurally, I see two problems. Um, this case filing statement that's asking for all this information and trying to get and and uh, someone because I don't have anybody someone to uh, uh, sign the file affidavit. An affidavit for me. So I right. see those two obstacles, and I don't know what to do about it. Okay, well, we talked about this in the beginning, that if you had an LLC, it was going to have to have a separate address. Yeah, you know, I, separate that, I've from, got that. Separate I've from you. Right. Now, yeah. you know, with a with an LLC, there, there are members, there are managers, 
mm-hmm. and there are authorized representatives. And in order to have an authorized representative, you have to have a meeting of the members. Well, the minutes of the meetings aren't public, but they, um, what, what happens is then if they have to make something known, like going to the bank, typically you'll have a certificate of resolution. So whoever the signer, whoever can sign something, the equivalent of a secretary, um, signs a certificate of resolution that says, you know, on such and such date, the members of, of such and such LLC met, and it was resolved that, you know, it was resolved that Joe Smith uh, shall be uh, an author, shall become an authorized representative of such and such LLC. And that between between the date of this meeting and the issuance of this certificate, there has been no change in this status. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, basically something like that. And then the person who's the signature signs off on it. And then Joe Smith becomes an authorized representative with that piece of paper. Then Joe Smith can sign the affidavit. Believe it or not, it. it's that simple. <clears throat> All right, so, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something here again, but I don't. Uh, like I said, you don't understand. Okay, I don't understand. So, I, I can't get around the fact that it's just you me. You can't find someone. You can't find someone that you can convince to do this for you. I don't think I can, John. I mean, I can. You know, like I like I said, when I ask, uh, 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 you know, friends, they just look at me like, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm mentally deranged, or I've got some kind of brain damage, you know, or something like that. I, I just, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> no one, even remotely, gets it up here. What I'm doing. You don't, they don't have to fully understand the whole thing. All they got to do is sign it. They're, they're assuming no liability. Well, they're going to ask a bunch of questions. That's the thing. And when I go into the explanation, they're going to. That's that's where that's where the problem is. Uh, you know, for example, I was I was talking to, uh, to a couple of my friends of why you know I'm doing this in the first place. Why I did a strategic default, you know, on my credit cards. Why I'm pursuing this, uh, and they they look at me like, uh, you know, you you're the bum. You know, why why don't you pay your bills? What what's what, what are you doing here? Yeah, you know, they're uh, clueless. Yeah, the they're not thinking outside the box, and that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah. So I I just don't know. You the the only I'm thing totally I could, yeah. I get the, the only thing I can tell you, and and I've talked to other people that have said the same things. And and the best thing I can tell you is you just haven't thought far enough out of the box to find the person that will do it. <laughs> right. Right. I'll tell and, you what. And that's, that's what I was going to tell you. I mean, there's like two opposite extremes. One would be, you know, there's people on Craigslist that'll, that'll do yeah, anything for a few bucks. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, as far as signing a piece of paper, you know, whatever. In fact, I've read books 
that tell people that, you know, you go find someone and pay them just to go in to the bank to, to do whatever for you to open up the LLC, you know, and then, but before you go in there, you have them, you know, sign a piece of paper resigning from the position. So you already have the piece of paper canceling them once they've started mm-hmm. this. So all they've done is they've done one thing, one task. Yep. And because this, and because this person <laughs> will be solely a authorized representative, what did I just tell you that, you know, as of the date of, of this certificate, between the date of the meeting and the certificate, nothing has changed. Well, that doesn't mean that the day they go ahead and file that, that that evening the, your members meet and then rescind the, the authorized representation position from that mm-hmm. person, effective first thing in the morning. You know, okay. it, you can literally do stuff. You know, it's surgical. This is why business, this is why businesses use all this stuff, banks and, you know, The Rockefellers and everybody else do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that's on one extreme is Craigslist. And I don't know, you know, uh, you have a lot of friends that call you a bum because you do a strategic default. And, you know, back, you know, I can remember going to um, Bible study meetings and, you know, crying about my situation and people looking at me like, well, you can't default on your money because that yeah. was your work, you know, and, 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 and I go, yeah, but, but Jesus threw the money changers out of the temple. And then we get in a <laughs> philosophical argument over that stuff. So the opposite extreme, and this was Baptist church. So the opposite extreme is you don't go to a discotheque or something like that. You go to a sort of a, you know, a drinking man's bar, you know, uh-huh. And you go in there and you just sit down and hell, if you can't find someone there, the bartender, I mean, you, you know, you, you just can't socialize because I mean, you got to meet someone at a bar that you could convince to do this. (laughs) The people are out there. You just, like I said, you just haven't thought far enough out of the box to find that person yet. Okay. Yeah. Or if there's like a semi mentally handicapped bag boy at the grocery store i mean anyone like that and i'm not picking on people but some people are gullible the other thing i'm going to say is you you tell you you you've said as i explain you know sometimes the less said the better Uh you know hey dude I need you to do this for, I really, you know, if you don't ask any questions, I mean, there's nothing, there, there's nothing wrong with it. You're just going to be, you know, it's just to do this one thing, you know, can I impose on you? It, you know, the less said, the better, the less, you know, the better you just do this. You sign the document with the notary, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's it. And don't try to explain it because as you try to explain it, it's like you're trying to sell the people. And then they're, yeah. they say, oh, what am I getting into? Are we in, you know, multi-level marketing or, you know, whatever it is. You know, you want me to sell Amway for you, something like that. And you don't want to get into that. You, the, the less said, the better. It's just I need you to do this for me. Yeah. And, and you're not putting anybody in harm's way by doing it. There, there's no yeah. liability to them whatsoever, none. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I, I, know, I know a lot of polar bears and penguins, but they can't rise. So uh, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead. I, I thought I was way outside the box already, but I guess I got to keep, I got to keep it's going. It's just someone, so. with a, someone with a driver's license or an ID. I mean, yeah. you know, you might get someone in our old folks home. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm right. serious. You know, yeah, you just, I, you I, just I know you are. don't know. Um, and I know the, you know, the, you know, the church is a stretch depending on which one you go to, but there's some that, you know, and, and then, you know, if, I mean, you work at the post office, maybe there's a hippie commune in your, your community and they might be interested in this. <laughs> if there are any hippies that still exist, I mean, but, um, Madison, you know what Wisconsin I there is. <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. That's where I was born. That, that's hippie town still. Or, or they never grew find up. Your, find your local Antifa group and tell them this is an anti-establishment thing. There you go. Tell them against Trump and they'll jump on it in a second. Yeah, in a second. In a second. Right. And yeah, you know, I'm doing this to get Trump. Oh man, where do I sign? <laughs> yeah, and I'll do it for free. Yeah, just to get I learned it from Obama. This is what Obama was talking about about getting all your bills paid. <laughs> free right. telephone. Well. Okay, I uh, I I'll go ahead and pursue this Out, practice outside the box. Okay? Way outside the box. And they yeah. can also sign the complaint. Yeah. Okay. They can they can sign the complaint, and they can you know you they don't have to sign the stipulated settlement agreement. I think if if you file it, but it's better if someone else files it, signs it. That's an authorized representative. That doesn't have to be notarized. And then you know, like a month later, you get to see him again in front of the notary. Um, you know, that's the yeah. only thing. There's, okay. there's gonna there's gonna be someone out there that'll do it. Yeah, I I think you're right. I just have to be, I just got to be a little bit more persistent and uh, creative is the word. Yeah, creative, creative. exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're, well, you're I just want to make sure we're. You're probably hanging out with all those postal people that follow the rules. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of conservative people up here, and uh, that's kind of oh sure. I think what the problem is <clears throat> pretty conservative. Uh, state and um, anyways okay guys I I really appreciate it and uh, I'll uh, I'll keep you informed and what I uh, what I find out but I just want to be sure John that you you and I were on the same page and I had this pretty much uh, you know down pat so we are and when you get when you get your things retyped up the way you're thinking we'll take a look uh again for okay okay Okay, John. Make sure right. it's, it's straight on. Okay, cool. All right, everybody. Thanks again very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Well, Isn't that great when people get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he did a great job of explaining that whole process. He got it he right did. down there. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Know, some of us are a little quicker than others, and, and you know, just because – Somebody takes a little more time, is a little more deliberate than maybe somebody else that can do it quicker. That doesn't make him uh, any any you know doesn't make the other person any better or them any worse. It's just simply a matter of, hey, you just do what you got to do as long as it takes you to do it. Go for it, you know. So exactly, yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, I don't have another hand up at the moment, but uh, if anybody has got questions or comments, uh, star eight, uh, is how you put yourself in the queue. But uh, I, I ran into something today that uh, I wanted to read. You know, occasionally I read something, and I uh, uh, found something here that 
I've read some of his writings on the calls before. Well, let's talk a little bit about our country. Richer than ever. But let's not get distracted. There was good news oozing from every orifice last week. But all of it was phony or misinterpreted. For example, widespread was the news that people are richer than ever. Household net worth is at an all-time high. Typically, families have a net worth of about five times their incomes. But as the feds pumped cheap money into the financial system, stocks climbed and household wealth took a leap. In 1999, the net worth to income ratio hit an all-time high of over six. Now, that's back in 1999. That was the top of the dot-com bubble. The bubble popped in 2000, and the ratio went back down to its normal range. But it didn't stay there for long. Soon the Fed was pumping in more cash and credit. And the ratio of net worth to income was jumping up to a new record, 6.4 in 2007. That bubble, focused on housing, blew up in 2008. Again, the ratio crashed back down to normal. Guess what has happened since? The feds went back to work with pumps and air hoses in 2009, injecting another $3 trillion in bond purchases. And voila, by 2015, the ratio was back up to 6.4. And this year it rose to over 6.5, a new all-time high. Everybody's rich, right? Negative unemployment. Here's another bit of fall good news. It was only a few weeks ago when we reported the words of the Fed claiming that the U.S. had reached more than full employment. The words of the Fed claiming that the U.S. had reached more than full employment. <clears throat> and now comes news on Friday that now we have more than more than full employment. The unemployment rate has sunk to 3.9%. If this keeps up, we will soon have negative unemployment. That is, we'll have more people working than working people. So there will be more jobs splashing in the labor pool than people. There are 148 million people with jobs in the U.S. today. If the Fed's math is right, if we could just add 6 million more jobs, there wouldn't be a single unemployed person in the entire country. Except, of course, for the 169 million people who still don't have jobs, but who aren't counted in the unemployment numbers because they aren't actively looking for jobs. That includes the 16.6 million people who 
dropped out of the labor force in the last eight years. I'm going to read that again. That includes the 16.6 million people who dropped out of the labor force in the last eight years and the 230,000 people that the Bureau of Labor Statistics took out of the labor pool last month, which is how they got the unemployment number down so low. The U.S. Census Bureau also tells us that there are 46 million Americans living in poverty, which it describes as lacking adequate food, shelter, and or clothing. With so many people getting richer and richer, and with so many jobs, how could that be? Why are there still people shuffling up Charles Street in Baltimore asking for quarters? Losing ground. The latest jobs report inadvertently revealed the truth. First, the typical American worker is losing ground, not gaining it. The official inflation rate is 2.4%. Meanwhile, wage growth is at 2.6%. That leaves a net gain of 0.2%, or $0.02 for every $10 of earnings. Two cents for every $10 of earnings that people gained. But that's a statistic. The price of gasoline was an average of $2.30 per gallon a year ago. Now it's 50 cents higher. That's not a statistic. That's an actual price hike. And it means that people are paying 22% more for fuel. If all costs had gone up a similar amount, the nominal 2.6% increase would work out to be a 19.4% pay cut. A few more pay raises like that, and they'll be broke. The second thing it tells us is that all the numbers are baloney. If we really had full employment, the supply of workers would be topping out, while the demand would be high under those conditions. The price of labor would rise, and working people would be getting more money. But they're not, because the statistics are fake. Measuring unemployment properly In terms of hours worked, colleague David Stockman, who was a major, very smart advisor to Ronald Reagan, by the way, found that the unemployment rate has gone up, not down. At the beginning of this century, 2000, 36.4% of available hours the number of people of working age times 2,000 hours per year was not being used. That's the beginning of the century. Currently, that figure is now 40% instead of 36.4. 
That's full employment. The wage number tells us one more interesting thing. The tax cut didn't work. Remember, it wasn't just supposed to put more cash in shareholders' pockets. It was supposed to increase wages, too. It didn't. Here's Mike Whitehouse at Bloomberg. When I checked a couple months ago, I found pretty much zero evidence the companies were increasing wages any more than they otherwise would have. Now that we have data from two more jobs reports, let's take another look. Overall, wage gains do not appear to have accelerated. From December through April, average hourly earnings increased at an annualized pace of 2.3%, significantly slower than in 2017. The good news numbers are fake. There's more to come. So, you know, you understand a little bit about how they screw around with the numbers and how fake all this information is out there. And if you buy into what the media is saying and what the Fed is saying and what any other government entity is saying, you're only kidding yourself. You don't you don't understand what the realities are. Of course, if you're one of those people who gave up looking for a job, you understand what the realities are. They're far, far, far different than what everyone would want you to believe in the in the mainstream media and the government and, and everywhere else. So things are not what they seem. Yet the stock market still stays steady. It's still hanging up there, but it's getting close to a big move in the down direction. And as Jesse has said in emails that he sent out to everybody, when it happens, you aren't going to get a rider coming down the street, a Paul Revere saying, the crash is coming, the crash is coming. You aren't going to know until it's happened. And if you aren't making some preparations for it, you're probably not going to do too well going forward because things are going to change a lot in this country. And the stock market isn't going to turn around and rally up. And, of course, I'm going to guess that there's a lot of people on this call that listen to my voice, that will listen to this, what I'm saying here, don't even own any stock. So you haven't been able to take advantage of this. You're you're too busy just trying to pay your bills. Extra money to buy stock and invest for the future? Hmm. Well, that's a pipe dream to a lot of people. But for the people that have a bunch of money, you know, the old saying, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, it's very true. The wealth disparity in this country has grown dramatically in the last few years. Dramatically. It's at almost record levels. And that's part of what brings this stuff to an end. It creates the change. That's just one small aspect that plays into it. So if you aren't doing something to make some contingency plans to 
take care of yourself during hard times, um, you know, you're, you you may find yourself in a not so good position. So with all that said, I wanted to bring that out. I read that today, and it's like, oh, if I have time tonight, uh, that's something that uh, would be good for people to hear. You know, there's a lot of people that don't uh, they don't study the financial markets. They're you know they're busy living a life. They uh, you know they they go to work. They're taking care of their families. They just don't have as much interest in it. I've been involved in it for a long time with my trading. Jesse has as well. He and I spent a bunch of time on the phone again this weekend talking about various things. I was explaining some things that I've discovered uh, to him, and we were discussing various strategies on things. Uh, we both understand what's coming. Is it being delayed a little longer than many of us thought? Yeah. But the crash that happened in 2008, many of us thought would have, was going to happen in six or seven, and they held that up longer too. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. The question is just what the exact timing of it is. But we're already running way past when most of us thought things would really start to deteriorate very severely. And they can only hold it up so long. And when it gives, it's going to be like a dam bursting. Just don't be downstream or you can get washed away with it. All right. Uh, I'm going to say again, if there's anybody that has any questions or comments about what we talk about, any questions about uh, the lawsuits, the consumer protection statutes, about the use of the courts, star eight, that's how you put yourself in the queue. If we don't get any uh, other people raising their hand, we can go ahead and wrap things up. Like I said, we have a, a little bit smaller crowd tonight because it's that time of the year. We are into spring. We understand that. Uh, please understand also that we don't pay any attention to the season as far as whether we do calls or not. We're here every week. We always do the calls because uh, the scumbag attorneys and the debt collection industry, uh, they don't take time off for nice weather in the spring. They're out there to beat up people and uh, steal people's money uh, 368 days a year. It's just the nature of what they do. So we have to be here to do our part to counter that, and that's what we do. So I don't see any other hands coming up. I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up for tonight. There is no call tomorrow night. The next call will be a week from tomorrow. It is an off week on that. Terry's call will be Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. And for those of you that may be new and hearing this for the first time, if you want to get on Terry's email list to get her call reminder and uh, be able to get the other information she sends out, just go ahead and send an email to queensongbird at gmail.com. Just say, please put me on the list. That's all you got to do. No big deal. And I want to say a special thank you to Terry and to John for joining me tonight. Uh, this is one of the shorter calls we've had lately, but, you know, hey, we're here to help. If people don't need it, we've got plenty of other things to do. I know I sure do. 
So I hope everybody has a great evening, a great week, and we'll talk to you Thursday night on Terry's Call. Good night. Good night. Good night.